listening to Reviewing History, the Comedy History Podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, and I'm joined here by... Stephen Medagliaco. And Ancolati. You don't like me to say the end and then point. You always like to jump in front. You like to I, cut it off. I like to do a little flow. What I actually don't like is how you give your credentials at mm -hmm. the start of every episode. <laughs> it's very pointless. <laughs> no podcaster does that, I think, ever. I know for a fact one does. Who? You? Not me. There's another one, and I was like, okay, it seems to work for him, so I, I adapted it, you know. How many times do they have to listen to the show before they realize who you are? You always have Only to... Only once. <laughs> so... <laughs> because he's going to tell you. <laughs> I like to follow the Stanley rule of things. What's the Stanley rule? So the Stanley rule is always assume every comic book is someone's first comic book. So um, always so assume someone's podcast is their first podcast? Exactly. Does that mean we were supposed to be giving our credentials? Yeah. It's nice if you want to, but, I mean, some of us really don't even have credentials, so, you know. <laughs> not not pointing any fingers, I'm just saying, you know. I made him a little jealous. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, the movie today was uh, The French Connection. Yeah. Yeah. This was Anthony's pick, right? Damn right it was. Hmm. Uh, Why'd you pick it? I love this movie. Yeah. I've seen it many times. Uh, I have a uh, my this is my one of my dad's favorite movies, and I've been watching this since I was a kid. I think this is a great movie, and I I love what I love um, in seventies stuff because it's obviously a seventies movie. I love that fucking dirty, gritty New York City of the seventies, mm. and I think this and Taxi Driver are kind of like the two quintessential uh, embodiments of that, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, you know, like I when I picked it, um, I said that we've been doing a lot of battle and war movies, and I wanted to go a little off script with this one. Mm -hmm. So we have a crime thriller. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I said, this is this is a great movie. I love it. What do you guys think of it? Rugged. That's one of the first comments I had. Rugged. Rugged feeling. It's dirty. It's a dirty, dirty movie. Shaky camera work. They didn't use tripods probably ever. It, clearly, it was on purpose. They, they yes. did that on purpose. Well, but this is. Um, What's his name? The director. William Friedkin. William Friedkin. Direct, director of, can anyone name his other big movie? No. Huge. One of the biggest horror movies of all time, also in the 70s. The Exorcist. Ah. This is the director of The Exorcist. Really? And William Friedkin. From what I understand, prior to this, he was primarily known for documentaries. Yes, he had done a lot of and documentaries. And that really comes off in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you think of this movie, Brian? So I have only ever seen this movie once before, mm -hmm. and that was with you. I made you watch it. You made me watch it, <clears throat> and I did enjoy it. I liked it then. I like it now. I wouldn't say I love this movie. Mm -hmm. This isn't a movie I really ever think I'll revisit. I think it doesn't appeal to modern sensibilities at all. It's not just that, because there's a lot I like in it. It's it doesn't it definitely doesn't leave you feeling good at the end. No, I respect the hell out of it, and it's gritty as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's real. It is it is a a picture of police work in that point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he called freaking called it an impression of the real case because obviously this is a real case, and we wouldn't even be talking about it. Yes, mm -hmm. I know that when he was writing this movie, and kind of getting into the mindset to do this movie he went with the real guys uh, that are portrayed in the film in fact they're in the movie they are in the movie with them on raids of like heroin dens 
and whorehouses, and he 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 became a 1970s New York cop to make this movie. And it, it paid off. It didn't work out for him when after the filming was done, he just couldn't stop beating black people. <laughs> it took William Friedkin months to kick the habit. He's just, just dropping N-bombs like he's Popeye yeah. Doyle. <laughs> Spreading heroin throughout the community. <laughs> but did you like it? I do like this movie. I definitely like it. I will definitely watch this one day with my child. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a good... That's just an important movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's important. I think there's a lot of cool shit in here. I've heard people say this was like the announcement that the new Hollywood had arrived. You know? And, really? And, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're like, definitely... You're starting the film brat takeover. Mm-hmm. You know, the Scorseses and, and like, the, the Coppolas. Yeah, right. Those mm. guys are coming to Palma. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is an embodiment of that. Totally agree. Yeah. Right. That yeah. grittiness. I actually did not like this movie that much. Really? Yeah, I, it didn't do it for me. What was what was some of your um, critiques? I didn't like we uh, the we There weren't enough uh, black people There, there wasn't beat. enough... <laughs> <laughs> Stole my joke. Uh, I just I didn't like the execution. That's all. Mm-hmm. I I understand why they did it. Certain parts of it I understand are slow. Not just that. It when I say more decisions decisions on the filmmaking itself. There there's a lot of shakiness that I, I just for no reason sometimes I didn't like it. When I was watching this, I felt I, low budget, and it, and it wasn't low budget. Uh, it actually kind of was. They they did it at kind of like a shoestring budget. Did they? Gene Hackman's a no-name at the time. Same, and I think Roy Schotter was too. The budget is $1.8 million yeah, it's for 1971, it's which is even then not a tremendous right. amount. Right. No, okay. So that, that kind of um, makes sense then. I was watching this in my living room, and my wife was trying to take a nap in the bedroom. And when the movie was over... I went in and I see to see what she was doing, and she said to me, "That movie you were watching, was there any dialogue in it at all, or was it just sirens and gunshots?" <laughs> and I was like, mm, "There's about forty percent of it is just watching Jeez. cops walk around and establishment shots." Yes, I, I legit like. What I was I'm gonna <laughs> make a joke that this should be called "Stake Out the Movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of what I, I like didn't cops like. Cops just looking at shit. Yeah. That's kind of one of the things that I, I didn't like because one of my comments was, "Please, more establishment shots. I need more." And then my comment two minutes later was, "Thank you," because <laughs> there's a legit like three three and a half minute uh. sequence where it's just showing like popular spots in Brooklyn and in Manhattan and I'm like I don't I don't need to see this I know where they are why are you still showing this to me and I think it's gonna end and then they like you have like a, a quick chase and then it just does it again mm-hmm. and it's like why, why are you doing this I guess to fill maybe the runtime, but I, I just didn't like that decision. I gotta say I loved the establishment shots of like old Brooklyn <laughs> it's the best shit it reminded me of like how I grew up when right. me and my buddies were growing up in the 70s in Brooklyn <laughs> seeing the old sites we'd yeah. go out you know yeah. we'd hit up your the Copa yeah, your you, best buddy Walrus you remember, you remember <laughs> <laughs> Brian you remember when we used to go to the World Trade Center while it was still being built in the background <laughs> <laughs> you know See, you know what's great right in the beginning when he chases the, uh, the first time he chases a black guy down um, the, first the, of kick, many. the kicks, the kicks yeah. are just hysterical. He, the guy runs into an alleyway where there's just a burning thing <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah. There's just fire, yeah. and no one cares. Like <laughs> that's how fucked up this city was. Yeah, uh, let's let's start right, well, the movie. Before yeah. before we fully dive into the movie, yeah. I just want to say it mm-hmm. won the Academy Award for Best Picture. <laughs> yes, Best Director. 
Hackman won Best Actor. Scheider was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Didn't win? He didn't win. He never mm. won one. It won um, it, did it win Best Score? Because the score felt like they did it overnight in like they, in a cocaine frenzy. <laughs> like, they were like, they, we need a band. They hired an orchestra and were like, we only have money for like an hour, so just play what you see. And they, <laughs> and they just did their best. <laughs> it, it won for best, it, sorry, yeah, it was nominated for best sound. It also won for editing. Same thing. The, the sound wasn't uh, wasn't up to snuff for me. There was so much wrong. I will say the ADR, you could definitely tell sometimes when shit's dubbed. And the Foley was, was, was bad. It was bad, man. Man, All right. you guys just can't appreciate uh, no, I, I'm rough on it. I'm rough on it. <laughs> I liked it. He yeah. hated it. I, I'm like, rough it, on it. It ended, and I could see he was so annoyed. I was just like, oh. He's like, why'd he pick this? <laughs> <laughs> he immediately said, this is the worst movie we've watched. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, but it's realistically. It's best picture. <laughs> I feel like we watch a lot of best pictures. <laughs> we watched one. And yeah. I didn't like it, really. You didn't like the French Connection? No, Platoon. Platoon. Yeah. Oh, and Gladiator. Uh, yeah, so we, was, this we, is our third. Yeah, yeah, we that's what I mean. We 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 hit some some big movies. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we begin the film in gritty seventies Paris. Everything's Marseille. gritty. Mm-hmm. It's Marseille. It's not Paris. I you know I meant to write France and I just put Paris. It's southern France. It's Marseille. Actually, uh, you say it's gritty. I think it's very nice. It's a big contrast from New York. You know, it's like this kind of almost medieval city that they're walking around. No, there's some grittiness to it though. Like yeah, the, some of the hallways are a little dark. It has like the film green, and yeah. you see like some alleys and stuff. Yeah. But like it's that. an oh, it's very much an old world city compared to yes. New yeah. York. Like it's you can tell it's, it's not home. It's miles and miles away, and I don't mean that literally away from New York City. Mm. You know, honestly, you know what it reminded me of when we went to France. Mm-hmm. So there was one time where we did a lot of heroin deals. Fr- yeah, <laughs> we, we were dealing uh, some H, some H, some, yeah, some horse. We were selling horse. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to France for a metal festival. Listen, and uh, me and Anthony decided to stay away from the group in a hostel together. Yes. Everyone else was in a hotel. We, Brian and I decided to go to a hostel. And we don't speak any French. Not a word. So we decided <laughs> that we could walk there. Yeah. And we the ended bus, up... Like, the bus dropped us off from Charles de Gaulle Airport in, like, downtown Paris. And we were like, all right, we're going to walk to our hostel. So we have giant backpacks. And it's hot. It's the summer. Yeah, it was July. Right, you, you should probably backtrack of how big those backpacks were. Because we were going to be camping out for like, right. three days. Yeah, we had giant, giant bags. So, yeah, you had camping equipment, basically. And we're just walking through Paris, and I'm like, hey, maybe we should like get I a I think camp. we walked for 10 hours. It, it's an insane amount. We actually left Paris at one point. We walked out of Paris into the suburbs. Into like a random yeah. town, and we were so lost that <laughs> we eventually came to a bar. And we were like... A nice gentleman helped us. And we were like, we have to like go in and ask for help. And we walk in and everyone's looking at us. <laughs> and it, it, we were so such fish out of water. Yeah. And we're like maybe 20. I was 18. Okay, then I, I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> and we ask for help and the guy is just like... We're like, where He's do like, we get oh, to? Oh, you're, you're very far away. Yeah, we're like, we need to get to this, like, location in... We had the name of the place. The Three Ducks Hostel? Or that was a second one. That was a one. different one, but regardless. Yeah. yeah. We eventually found a cab, and he got us there. And then we got lost, like, four times after that. But you you also said um, to me, 
like when you finally broke down because I had been begging that we like try to find help. Yeah, Brian wanted to get help, and I was like, "No, we're gonna find it." I don't know why I yeah. I had like this fucking thing where I was I was gonna find it, and that was gonna be it. Neither yeah. of us speak French. Yes. <laughs> But he breaks down at one point after 10 hours of marching. I can't go, believe you went along with me. What else was I going to do? Abandon you? <laughs> then we both would have been fucked. And you say to me, it has come to my attention that we are lost in one of the biggest cities in the world. And we don't know where we're going. And we broke down. We went into the bar. Then we got lost more. And then we you called me. We, yeah, we, we, we you called me and said you needed help. I said sorry. I don't speak French. And I hung up on you. <laughs> and we ended up finding a cab. And he took us there. Right. Yes. Thank God for that guy. But yeah, that it kind of reminded me of like not Paris, but that suburb we walked mm. into. Yeah. But it is Marseille, and we mm -hmm. are seeing a French policeman who is tracking down um, baguette man. The baguette. He, has, he buys oh, a baguette just to be baguette. just to be extra French, and he is tailing what's his name the main the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. His real name is Jean Jehan. I forget his name in the movie, but they keep calling him Frog One, so I'm gonna call him Frog One. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Elaine Charnier. Charnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ends up getting his baguette, going into a little hallway, and, and uh, get his face blown mm -hmm. off. <laughs> I but, gotta say, hold on, I'm not impressed with the shot because the dude mm -hmm. had a giant mole on the middle of his forehead that was just begging to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, if you're aiming at a gun, it's the targets right there. Yeah. You just <laughs> but the uh, the killer uh, takes a piece of that baguette because yes. you don't want a good baguette to go to waste. He's French. He can't resist. He can't resist it. Yes. You think that would be like, maybe I shouldn't touch this. But he just does it. He doesn't care. Yeah, he wants Because did they have fingerprints back then? Of course. So, like, why? Uh, clearly, you're not that good of a killer. What are you doing? He got away with it, didn't he? Eh. Uh, we see he's not that good of a killer he's later that, he's when, he's, when he's <laughs> using his sniper rifle and hits random In woman. In, like, Brooklyn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right next to the BQE with, like, <laughs> clear visibility. <laughs> clearly, you can be seen by anyone in, in a four-mile yeah. radius. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, we cut to Brooklyn, <laughs> and Popeye Doyle is dressed up as Santa. Popeye Doyle playing Eddie, Detective Eddie Egan is the real guy. Yes. Uh, but in this, he's playing Jimmy Popeye Doyle. Right. They changed his name. Um, and Popeye. And we have his partner. Brody. <laughs> Chief Brody. <laughs> Slash. Uh, what is his name in the movie? In the movie, his name is Buddy Russo. Right. Cloudy. And uh, the real guy's name is Grasso. Uh, yes, and his his and his his name is Sonny Grasso, and his nickname actually was Cloudy. Yes, because oh, and, wow. and and the other That's guy's cool. real name is Papa. Uh, nickname is Papa. Yeah, both their nicknames are the same. The reason he's Cloudy is because he's a morose motherfucker, and his name is Sonny. Sonny and they thought that'd be funny. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and they called him Popeye because he liked to pop by all the different bars and stuff looking for chicks. Uh, he's a real cock. Which is kind of shown there, huh? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the? Scene when Brody went to the bar and the old sea dog and said, I'll him. find your criminal. <laughs> I'll find him for five, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Those guys at one time had the all time most arrests in NYPD history together. They had over 8,000 arrests. <laughs> How many of those were guys that they 
planted shit on and framed. Oh, I believe it. Like 7,000? You know, probably. <laughs> My uncle was a cop. At this, not at this time, but slightly after it in the 70s. And he has told me absolutely horror stories, especially um, the big 1976 blackout. Or was it 77? The big New York blackout. Yes, yeah, the famous blackout. one where, like, the world ended. And it was just anarchy. Yeah. It's just, like, I think a cop at that time is like being a soldier, you know? Like, they have PTSD. Those guys saw horrors and, and probably <laughs> perpetrated some, too. Oh, yeah, you're um, just preparing for war. My uncle, who was a cop at that time, too. Uh, that was 77. Like, 77. Okay. 77. My uncle at that was a cop at that time, too, and he's told, like, shit about, like, just you being ready for war. Yeah. And, like, every night you're going out and you're getting in, like, a brutal fight Brawl. of some kind. Yeah. Like, you're, you're a trained fighter, basically. You're just mm -hmm. going out and you're scrapping every night. Cracking heads. Yeah. My uncle was actually, uh, when we talk about this movie eventually, he was actually a beat cop on the uh, day of the Dog Day afternoon. Uh, My uncle also met, uh, what's his name? The real the guy from that. Al Pacino's character. Yeah. I forget no, his no, name. No, no, Al Pacino. Um, Serpico. Serpico, okay. I'm, I'm doing two different, different movies. Different movies, yeah. yeah. Also, he, I think he met Popeye Doyle once, the real guy. Anyway. Small world. That's irrelevant. Small so world. So they chase down a African-American criminal. Mm -hmm. And they just because they literally <laughs> kick the shit out of him. They don't stop kicking him. The, every chance knife. they get, he kicks he him. He does slash. Um, <laughs> he does get him. Uh, Roy Scheider. Yeah. And yeah, they kick him. They just keep kicking him. That's when they run past the fire. They run into <laughs> yeah. just this awful looking field with broken glass. Yeah. And yeah. Fucking just horrible. It's just a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my parents grew up. And then they, it's, they, it's an abandoned lot. Right, yeah. And then they, like, they do the... Uh, <laughs> all right, wait, serious question. Yeah. In modern Brooklyn, right, which mm -hmm. is like obviously some of the most valuable real estate in the country now. Yes. There's no way there's an empty fucking lot like that anywhere, right? Just in, an empty in, dirt lot begging to be built on. In Brooklyn? There is. Yeah, there is. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. If you go I to certain areas, yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I grew up, I was, like, my very young years, like, one to four, we lived on 32nd Street in Brooklyn, uh, I believe it was in Sunset Park. Uh, across the street from my house was a burnt-down Burger King <laughs> that just was there, and nobody did anything with <laughs> They took flame broiled too literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Good joke. Good, good dad joke. So they start beating the shit out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Well, you picked your feet, th didn't you? Yeah, he starts talking about picking your <laughs> feet in Poughkeepsie. Picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. The that line just kept coming up. You said That's you hated his, it, right? I hated it. I, but it's I, I get it's a tactic. I get it. He's just trying to disorient him so that Roy Scheider can get real information yeah. out of him. You put your feet on the end of the bed and you picked them, didn't you? <laughs> He's just, what? <laughs> <laughs> The way um, I took it was like, oh, I guess like a prison is located in Poughkeepsie and they no, do like the thing. It's literal nonsense. It's just bullshit. Oh. Yes. All right. Maybe and, I looked into uh, that incorrectly. Also, <laughs> I saw like a little interview with him. He was talking. The yeah. guy who played, who's Rush Hyder's character, the real guy. Yeah. He was saying that when they put that in the movie, he was like, oh, come on. They don't want to. He, he didn't want them to do it because he hated when the real guy would do that. <laughs> it annoyed him. That's funny. <laughs> it annoyed me too. <laughs> So actually, Grasso actually, both the guys actually ended up getting like Hollywood careers from this. Yes. Like they both became like actors popping up and mm -hmm. stuff and like. Because Egan actually got fired from the police department. Yes. He, he got like right before he retired. Yeah, it was like a forced retirement and he sued them for his pension mm -hmm. and he won it. Yeah. And like 
they both got film careers. Like Egan was an actor in a bunch of shit, like mostly playing cop shit. They put so many innocent people in jail. Fuck them. Yeah. And then <laughs> fuck them. And then Roy Scheider became like um, an advisor on like tons of cop shit, and like he produced shit. Of Roy Scheider, Grasso, the real guy. The real guy, yeah, Grasso. Grasso. Of course. <laughs> well, anyway, so do they get anything relevant out of that first guy? They learn where the main drug dealer lives, the apartment. That's about it. No. Yeah, the first no, guy? No, 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 no. He says, I don't know where he is. I just know he lives on the second floor. And he goes, where? North or south? And he goes, what? He's like, on the second floor. He's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that comes into play at all. Because it doesn't. This is just showing their tactics. Right. Yeah. He's dressed up as Santa. He yeah. chases him down. Oh, by the way, how cold does it look in this movie? It's They show it's cold. It is. It just looks like the coldest winter ever. Because everything's blue and awful. Yeah. <laughs> but also, winter in New York, is for those who have never been here, because mm-hmm. we live in New York, If, if just to give a little hint. If they haven't guessed that by now, by my voice. Well, <laughs> hey, every every time. It's the first. It's freezing. Yeah. In the winter, it's freezing. It goes to zero. Mm-hmm. Sometimes below. And that just seemed like a cold week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do we have information of when this actually happened? Oh, yeah. Like well, the, the so story? the real events happened in 1961. So it was actually 10 years before the movie. Well, like what time of year? Was it actually like winter? Do we know? That I don't know. Like we could probably look up the arrests or something and figure that out. Honestly, it's you're doing a gritty movie. You want to set it in winter, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if it's bright and sunny, maybe get in the Godfather. What? The uh, it was winter time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It just adds Rocky, which is another gritty '70s movie. Right. You know, you just want it. It in was that. really warm in France. There, it looked looked nice because nice. the next scene, he's fishing. Right, he's fishing off a castle. <laughs> yeah. The fishing pole came out of nowhere. Like yeah. I didn't notice it at first, and I next scene he's yeah. just fishing, and I'm like, Whoa. "In fact, doesn't his girlfriend buy him a coat and go? You know, it's, it's really, really cold. cold in New York. <laughs> it's really cold in New York." I have a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, uh-huh. Do you remember the FCUK clothing line? For cuck. For cuck. For yeah. cuck. Yeah. FCUK. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking of that throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Well, what does it stand for? Well, French Connection United Kingdom. Well, there you go. When we were in high school, which I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. I work in a high school. I haven't seen any kids no, wearing this. That oh, that's been gone for that decades. For, that barely lasted a year. <laughs> no, that was like throughout all of high school for me. But do you remember kids? Like They must have thought they were so edgy. My shirt oh, says yeah. FCUK. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you glance at me real quick, you I think believe it says they, fuck. they banned them in my middle school. Oh, in your middle school. Mm-hmm. And like kids had to, if they came in with that shirt, they would make them turn it inside out and they'd have to walk around with an inside out shirt all day. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, there was a trend when we, this has nothing to do with anything, but you, I just thought of it. Uh, there's a trend of like sweatpants that girls would wear right around that same time yeah. where this girl had, uh, it said angel on her ass, right? <laughs> but one day... I know where this is going. The G went into her ass crack. So it said, Anel. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of my story. Well, right now... Like, <laughs> right now, that would... Like, if you were in high school, you'd take a picture, you'd put it online, it'd go viral, and, and then, then you'd be, get suspended. Right, and then my life would be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to say... Popeye Doyle says, never trust an N-word. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah, he, oh, he doesn't say N-word. R. Well, no, no, he says the real thing. And he but drops the hard R. Yes. You couldn't, could you make, like, could you make this movie now? No. No. No, not even close. Look, I mean, they are, I 100% 
believe that a cop in that area at that time, that's how he talked. I believe a cop would say it now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. There was a cigarette machine. Yes. A little cigarette dispenser. It's like, whoa. Yeah. That's old. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they, they arrest the guy. And after a hard day's work, Popeye wants to go out, right? He's got to go to the bar. He's got to get. He's got to get. Go to the Copa, and which bar band is better? These girls or the Cantina band? Who would you rather say? <laughs> you mean the Star Wars Cantina? The Star Wars Cantina band or the girls singing in this bar? Now, well, we, I mean, uh, the girls are obviously better, but the Star Wars band has aliens, and I've never seen an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Not in person, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, these girls are great. Yeah. Uh, and good music. And yeah, they put a, a nice turtleneck. God damn. Yes. I God love damn. the outfit. Just the 70s I gotta awful say, fashion. I got to say, man, turtlenecks, I, I don't care. What, they're timeless to me. They the always turtleneck? look good. I, I love turtlenecks. I've, thank you. Really? Turtlenecks, turtlenecks always look good. We my need to mother, bring those back. My mother used to make me wear them when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, because, I hated uh, dude, them. I guarantee you, you could rock a neck. You would you look so good in a rock, turtleneck. Put on that T-neck and just rock it. Well, I mean, you guys are really opening my eyes. I'm telling you, man. To a new avenue of fashion. I'm telling you, turtlenecks. <laughs> they do. They do. 70s, fa 70s fashion is Some the, of the worst, worst of any decade, right? Yes. The style, yeah, like, ridiculous. Orange bottoms. was in, you know, <laughs> horrible wallpaper, mm -hmm. bad couches. Like, look at Archie's house. It's terrible. Um, Tables that had weird shapes and didn't work. Remember Goodfellas? Look at the other ones. He couldn't even sit on them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Copa, it's owned by the mob, right? I'm sure it is. Everything's owned by the That's mob. That's true. At it's this 19, point, yeah. It's 1961. Yeah. So they are in the club, and they're looking around, and they see a table full of people where guys are throwing money around like the Russians are in Jersey. <laughs> that is a direct line from the movie. <laughs> and this... Just for no other reason other than cop hunch, they decide to follow him. It's just, this guy is, well, there were two criminals there. Yes. And then there's a one guy who they didn't know. And they, they're right. like, let's they, make sure that he's on the up and up. They recognize one guy as a known criminal. Yeah. And then the other guy they've never seen before, but he's throwing money around, so they decide to tail him. And that is exactly what happened in real life. They went in the really? club. Yes. They saw the guy that he was throwing money around. They didn't like the look of him, so they just followed him. Wow. And they stumbled upon this giant conspiracy. And that is what happened. What a what a what a payoff on a hunch. Right. <laughs> so then we cut back to the castle and we see a Frenchman put his hand in a pile of water with what looks like shit in it. And he scoops <laughs> he scoops up what looks it's, like feces. It's an oyster. I it's thought it was a lump of shit. <laughs> I could not make out what it was. I was like, why is he putting his hand in a toilet? I think he's gonna like break it open and drunk. He's even the like shucking it. Like, it's, <laughs> like what? We were watching it together, and I asked Steve. I was like, is that he goes, shit? He goes. He turns to me. He goes, what is that? I'm like an oyster. He goes, oh. I'm like, what the fuck did you think it was? He pulled it out of water. <laughs> I legit thought he was like turd burgling. <laughs> No, he eats an oyster, and he invites the celebrity over, who I guess mm -hmm. is, this is a real guy as well. I forget his name in the movie, but the real guy's name was Jacques Angevin, who was some kind of documentary maker in France at the time, and he's I guess a famous guy. he's a bit of a celebrity. So uh, Devereaux in the movie. Devereaux, yes. And he's being hired to take a boat to the United States with a car, and that's it. 
and he's going to pretend to be making a movie. That's all we have for now. At this moment. Right. Yeah. So what happens next, Brain? So the next thing that happens is they start following this guy, Sal Boca. Yes. And we find out things about him, including that he robbed a Tiffany's and then got <laughs> off. And his brother works on Ward's Island. Yes. And his wife is 19. <laughs> right. And she's very attractive. She's, she's, she's also wearing a big blonde wig when she actually has dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> and they make 7000 a year. Right. What is, yeah, what, is know, the, right? Uh, what is that equivalent now? Like 20, 25 uh, maybe? Check. I don't know. Because I, I feel like that when, they, when they mention it, it's like, yeah, this guy should be poor and he was throwing around hundreds. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not throwing around hundreds if you're making seven yeah. Gs. They also switch cars. It still isn't yeah. that much. Well, it's only 50000 a year. Right. Oh, that's actually way more than I thought. Wow. Yeah, um, but still, uh, if I'm throwing around, yeah, if I, I guess that's like throwing around thousands nowadays, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they follow them, and they see that they go to a hotel with a known, uh, like, drug kingpin hangs out. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the guy's name. I think his name, well, Weinback. Well, yeah, Weinback. He, and in real life, that is not his, Weinstock, that's his name. Weinstock. He's a combination of several different. I'm sure uh, he's like a mafia. Yeah, yeah. He's a combination of several different, like, mafia dudes, mm -hmm. and they just picked Weinstock for this movie. Uh, the, the character Sal Boca, the real guy's name was Patsy Fuco, and again, I'm a Patsy. I'm a Patsy. <laughs> he had a brother who worked on Ward's Island, and it's very spot on. So they realize that something must be going on, and they ask their uh, higher-ups in the police department for the go-ahead to start some sort of investigation. And, oh. of course, the sergeant or whatever right above them is played by the real guy, Eddie Egan. Eddie Egan. And he is playing a character named, uh, named Captain Walt Simonson. Mm -hmm. before what a name. We, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> before we get there, that just screams like police to captain. Right? Like, <laughs> really? You get named that, that's just what you, you are. That's what you are, right? yeah. So we do see at one point a garbage man school. Yeah. Which, if there was ever a mafia front I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> it's garbage man school. I can't think of, like, there's not many professions that require less than, than this. Like, it's garbage man. You pick the shit up, you put it in a truck, you go. I see you're not very familiar with the civil service. <laughs> because every civil service job has an academy that you need yeah. to go. <laughs> I know they have them. Right. Doesn't mean you need them. <laughs> <laughs> you pick the shit up, you put it there. Yeah, but you, uh, you, you gotta learn to, how to, you drive. Learn to you operate the trucks drive. and yeah. shit. The truck's got a couple of levers, yeah. like need that up class and down. D license. <laughs> Come on, on these guys. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we didn't, we, we didn't mention that Anthony's family owns a line of garbage <laughs> truck schools in New York and New Jersey. <laughs> they own 150 of them. Oof, wow, we're waste management. <laughs> Throughout New York City and New Jersey. Not for nothing. <laughs> Don't be telling my business on the air. <laughs> the real side comes out quick. <laughs> Anywho... Uh, so they start following Sal around. Wearing sick outfits. Yes. They are, they are like, dr dressed to the nines with costumes. Mm -hmm. One has a full mailman outfit. Yes. Like, like hat and all. And they, they plant wires in his store <coughs> and in his house, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And yeah. they see that he gets a call 
from the Frenchman. And this seals the deal for him. Like there's a there's something happening, there's a conspiracy mm-hmm. and they and they they start celebrating. Like they They got happy. a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, now they gotta figure out where this is going, who might be the buyer, right. if there's anything big going down. So they visit a bar. This is like my favorite scene in the movie. They visit a bar. This is the best scene in the this movie. This is hysterical. Yeah. They walk into the bar. It's all black and guys. All the ju- <laughs> One of the, the first line it, they say is like, "Oh, look at you people!" And I wrote like, "You people!" <laughs> like, wow. But all, they walk in and it's just like a collection of drugs just scatters to the ground. But yeah. As soon as they walk in, all of the guys in the bar start throwing yeah. drugs on the ground. And they're, they're they known. know this happens known. all the yep. time. They're right. just like, yep. "Yep." It's all black guys. They all get thrown <laughs> against the wall. Popeye's roughing, roughing he's, them up. He's roughing up everybody. He's frisking them. And they are... He arrests two of them. Right. They are junkies. Well, those guys didn't hand over their drugs, which mm-hmm. is why I think right. he arrested right. them. Right. They're, they're junkies who are... They can't find what they want. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, they say it, it, it's, like, dry. They can't find heroin. Mm-hmm. So now they think they've landed this new shipment coming in. But... They got this they great guy with a haircut. Where the guy comes out of the bathroom. Yeah. You, haircut, come here. <laughs> I was like, haircut? And it's this big afro. He's got a big afro. (laughs) (laughs) And he punches him. Well, no, he brings him into the bar. Into like a phone booth. No, he brings brings him into the back, yeah. Mm -hmm. And which turns out it's an informant. Right. He's an undercover or an He's an undercover cop or an informant. I think a cop. He's a cop. Because he's like, where do you want it? Right. And he goes, oh, right, goddamn. Yeah, just the side. He gets the info that the streets are dry and that they think there's some shipment that's about to come in. So now it's like it's 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 confirmed something is happening and Sal Buco, what was it Boca Sal Boca's we'll in. We'll be on back it. in an hour. Right. So they leave, and now they have to get the feds involved because the department is bankrupt, <laughs> and yep. it has no money to make buys and stuff. So now the feds have to come in. I think they said they have like seven hundred dollars. He said nine hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like. For the whole department. It's like, uh, it's pretty accurate, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, the 70s New York, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and here's my Bond reference for the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Scheider in the black turtleneck with the uh, gun holster. Pure 70s James Bond. Like, oh, Roger yeah. Moore is, like, rocking oh, yeah. that shit. He does the same thing in Marathon Man. I gotta be honest, I've never seen Marathon, never Marathon Man. I've seen the Is It Safe scene, mm-hmm. and that's it. I've never Another watched great the New York thing. dirty movie. I'm mm-hmm. sure I would love it. Mm-hmm. So now uh, Devro, the first time that he's going to be in New York, he lands like a shore, right? Mm-hmm. You have that scene where we see the World Trade Center. Yeah. He's like mm-hmm. being interviewed by people like, oh, what are you doing in New York? Like, because I guess he's some kind of celebrity. And they, Although, they show the car coming off the, the boat, right? Yes. The scene. Yes. And it's always a black caddy. If you had a black caddy around that time, there's a good chance you were a criminal. That's like, <laughs> is that me? Or it seems like every single media did it's the same thing, car. right? a classic car the thing is, but specifically the black one i know this guy he bought his father a cadillac mm-hmm. and it was a big problem at his retirement community the neighbors at the retirement home were jealous that the son bought his mm-hmm. father a cadillac right. and they were like you think you're better than me mm-hmm. and that happened to my friend jerry yeah i actually know jerry yeah and he was telling me about the same thing and he told me that the guy forced him to take a pen 
<laughs> that you could write upside down with. They use it in uh, for NASA. NASA uses these these pens on the space shuttle. Yeah, it's an astronaut pen. Yeah. Uh, this guy Jack Klompus got upset. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just want to say for the record, so it's like arch- archived for all time. Uh, I just won a Seinfeld trivia contest with yes, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it was a big achievement for me. I hate Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I hate Seinfeld. But when I saw the car on the boat, I couldn't help but think about the ferry and the Staten Island Ferry. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were kids pre 9-11, your parents could bring the boat, on, the bring you drive their a car, car onto, the, yeah. onto the ferry? Like, I remember when you were going into Manhattan, you wouldn't drive through Brooklyn. You would park your car on the ferry. You would get off, and then you would be able to drive throughout Manhattan. Right. And it would be a much better commute. And then after 9-11, they got scared of car bombs and stuff, and right. they never brought it back. End of that. Which... The terrorist one. Is that why I had a horrible commute for, like, years? Yes. Yep. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I was wondering that. Because, I, I, like, I've been to Ocean City, Maryland, and when you, you drive onto the ferry, you get, and it seemed like, why don't we have this? And, wow. Mm-hmm. Don't you think we a, have the technology now where we could, like, get the cars back? Or, or do you think it just bombs. saves fuel and that's the real reason it's not back Once now? you lose something, you never get it back. Yeah, you're right. We're still mm-hmm. dealing with the TSA. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's done. <laughs> there was a, a, a good line in this, because um, now I think we saw Gene hanging out in a bar. Hackman. Gene yeah. Hackman, yeah. And uh, they're talking about Florida. On a commercial. The Mackle Bros. Florida commercial, uh-huh. yeah. I didn't see it. I don't it's remember. It's a commercial it's in the, the background yeah, where they're like, the leave New York with those high tax rates and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Come on Come down to sunny weather. Florida. Yeah. The more and things I was change, like, wow, they stay the same. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. I was like, wow, Florida <laughs> kicked ass back then too? <laughs> so then the next thing is Popeye sees a girl on a bike and yeah, he's and like, he, I'm fucking. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should say the, the Fed that they get. The guy who's like an asshole to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, not that, not that guy. The other guy. There's two feds. One of them is a, is a dick to Popeye. He doesn't like him. Says he got a cop killed. And the other one is the real Grasso. Is the real guy. The real reason Popeye yeah. and the Fed didn't get along is the Fed kept stealing olive oil, and Popeye would have to go and deal with him. Oh my God! And, he that's, has, oh. and he'd have to eat his spinach. Uh. His name was Bill Brutus, right? Bluto. Bluto. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oof. And then, and then there was the <laughs> other guy who kept offering Popeye a deal for hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's like, "If you buy me one today, mm-hmm. I'll buy you two right. on Tuesday." It was more of a barter system back. Yeah, then. Brian <laughs> might be the best person at driving a joke off the cliff and hitting the acceleration on the way down. You remember in Titanic <laughs> when the guy jumps off of the top of the ship as it's going <laughs> yeah, down? He hits the, he hits he hits the, the propeller, propeller and spins. And spins. <laughs> That's, That's Brian delivering a joke. <laughs> Spinning really fast. (laughs) I know my role. (laughs) So uh, he has to he has to go to uh, his apartment, right? And he has to break in with a card. Yeah, it's cloudy. He has to break with a card, right? Um, Yeah, Roy Scheider has to (laughs) essentially break into Gene Hackman's apartment, where he's been handcuffed. Well, handcuffed by his ankle. To the bed. Now he opens the door and a bicycle falls over. Yes. Was that being used as an alarm system? No, no it's, that's it's the, the girl's, girl's bicycle. bicycle. Oh, I thought I thought they used it as like a thing where if somebody tries to break in, they could hear it fall over. No, it's to show you the viewer that he picked up that chick on the bike. Oh, okay. Because he's just such a ladies' man. Oh, I just, Although, how many like shitty beat cops 
are picking up like teenage <laughs> girls That's and a, taking them home with them. Uh, so did that happen? So I'll tell you. <laughs> no, this but I'll is, tell you the director probably you, slept with her. Unless it's uh, this is Jim Ed- Florentine's wife. Do they do that? <laughs> this is Eddie Egan. Basically telling William Friedkin, I'm a legendary coxman. You yeah. Know? yeah. Make sure you put that in your yeah. movie. Like if someone was like, hey, Brian, I'm making a movie about you. would be like, oh, there's fucking girls every day. Yeah. You know, right. I would just walk down the street and I was beating them off. Right. Why wouldn't you like sell yourself as a legend? Uh, you're so right. That's exactly what and happened. And he, do- he doesn't look like a, like a rugged, manly, handsome guy. It's just like. Egan. Yeah. He, he just. No, just he looks, looks like, like your typical Irishman. Typical guy. Yeah. yeah, he's just a bruiser Irish cop guy. <laughs> he has a big fat head. Yeah. <laughs> like, And it looks like he's been through shit. He probably drinks too much. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. And I'm, that's not an Irish thing. That's a cop thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't race. hate the Irish here. We hate the we cops. We hate police. <laughs> We don't want the Irish. <laughs> uh, then we see like some sort of auction in a trailer which, with a bunch of sweaty mob men. Well, this was a thing that used to happen. I probably no, those still happens. Those weren't mob men. It probably still happens. They're so. not all mob men. Okay. It was just a car auction of, of cars that were either abandoned, abandoned right. uh, recalled, used in crimes yeah, that nobody really wants, and they're selling for scrap metal. Which I don't know if they still do that today. I don't think so. I don't know, but why wouldn't they? It, not not how they do it in this. They literally were auctioned off in a trailer. Mm-hmm. I know a big thing back in the day was just, to, was just to abandon cars on the side of the highway. Yeah. Well, that a, a doesn't lot of, really happen anymore. There was so much more car theft back then. Right. Like, if if you got a car, expect it to be stolen. I know my, my father's, you know, sorry to say it, Dad, uh, first two cars he stole. <laughs> this is before I was born, obviously. Right. But like that's they didn't have money. I remember you know? when I was a kid, my dad used to have um the radio that you would take out of the car at night and mm-hmm. like because people just used to steal radios mm-hmm. throughout the 70s and 80s. So, I guess it was just ingrained in him if you're going to have a radio in the car, you better be taking it away. And then people used to put signs up in the in the car windows, no radio. Just yeah. so that people wouldn't break their windows. That's like, do you know the thing in San Francisco now? No. What's the thing in San Francisco? So in San Francisco, supposedly you are not supposed to ever roll up your windows when you park. You're supposed to just take everything out of your car, leave your windows down. So like when the when they come to break into your car, they, they don't just, smash they your window and there's there. nothing there and they'll just move on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, they what still, a dystopian. They still may thing. use your car as like a urinal, <laughs> but at least they Wish won't you smash your, your window. Yeah. Dirty Mike and the boys, right? <laughs> dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> Are you uh, Dirty Mike and the boys? <laughs> I love it. So then with- I was, this movie reminded me of that so much. Of the other guys. Of the other guys because it just felt so like similar. I think the other guys took a lot from this. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It's yeah. the classic cop movie. And how much is uh tw- around that time? So like we did before, they made about seven thousand dollars, which is about fifty thousand. Um, they were paying twenty five dollars to forty dollars for used cars. Yeah, nothing. Like, what is that? Pro- that's like three, two, three hundred dollars. I, I really couldn't tell you like exchange rate stuff, but it's not a lot. Of it's money. not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's wow, like man. buying a house. There, it's like here's ten thousand dollars. I'll take this house. Yeah, yeah. Also, cars are made much shittier back then. They break constantly. I thought they were heavier. Yeah, they're well, they're heavy. made of pure metal. Yeah, right. metal. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of computer things and, you know, safety features in modern cars that just didn't exist back then. So these cars, mm-hmm. they don't have the value that a modern car would have. Like, you're paying 
forty, fifty thousand $50,000 for a fucking car now. Whereas back then, nothing even comes close to that. You're in a metal death trap. Yeah. That's right. It. Yeah. So you can, you know, get rid of a car for 40 bucks because it's, it's a piece of shit anyway. You know, it's worthless. You, they want it for the metal, not even for the car. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's what these cars are going for in that auction. So then they chase, they start tailing them on the highway, and they're done in by traffic. Yeah, they lose them. Damn T-word. The worst thing in all of New York, basically, is the traffic. Always. Uh, then they start tailing them, and we see the worst undercover cop ever. So inconspicuous. The guy sticks out like a sore thumb as he's tailing uh, Charnier. He looks like a worn-down Inspector Gadget. He's wearing the same coat, the same hat, and he just keeps peering over to the bad guy. <laughs> And, but he's standing in like a jewelry store and he'll just like look for a second then peer and look for a second and then peer and it's like what are you doing what we're like, not talking about gene hackman right now. no 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 this is a so gene hackman and the other guy the main characters lost the tail so right. they relied the guy they relied follow. on their other guy right. who was trying to follow until they caught up which was successful right you know, it worked and and he gets made like they right away they all get the, made the, <laughs> the second they see this guy they make him mm-hmm. Clearly, they, they he, he was like, all right, I'm being followed. So then right. Charnier goes and has a night's meal. Right. I love this scene. Oh, the cops are freezing, eating like garbage. They're eating. The coffee is so bad that Gene Hackman pours it out on the ground. He's got a mm-hmm. shitty slice of pizza. Meanwhile, yep. Charnier, the drug dealer, is inside in the warmth with French like onion a, soup. And yeah, they have that French onion <laughs> soup. Those, they looked delicious. Those crocs are still used in like New York diners oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Like I've had many French onions out of those. As a filmmaker, this is the one thing I, I probably enjoyed the most out of this entire movie is uh, the, the, the transition. Contrast. No, the transition of time. So they're eating a big meal and then it zooms in to Gene's character mm-hmm. who is eating the pretzel and then dumps out the coffee. And as he's dumping out the coffee, it zooms back and they're on dessert. Yes. It was yeah, a really was nice quick passage of time. I, I thought that was that was definitely um, warranted for respect. I think this looks to me like the coldest scene in the movie. It looks freezing. And yeah, you see it when yeah. they finally get into a car. Right. And yeah, obviously they, they've been in that restaurant for like hours. You know, he's. They've had multiple courses. They know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Right. They're yes. torturing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They come out and yeah. They. Is this when uh, they have the whole scene where he follows him down into the subway and he gets on the the train and waves at him? Not yet. Not yet. It's about to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, forty percent of this movie, maybe even more, is them following them around on foot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> One of my comments was more chase scenes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Were you getting a little, a little uh, perturbed? I was, just, yeah, I, was, I was like, enough, enough. I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> so then the next scene is them testing the heroin to right. see how successful yes. it is. Now, do you think that most mafia families have a nerdy drug man like they do? Yes. I don't know if it's a nerdy guy, but they have some sort of expert who could tell them right. something. I think it's more a regular mafia dude. They gave him glasses. You know, it's he's, like he's the science man. He has beakers and fucking shit. Exactly. They'll, they'll pay it's chemists. Like, it's mm-hmm. like it's like Christopher from The Sopranos. I think that's who they're getting. Closer to um, like Breaking Bad. Mm. They'll get like a, a science person, a chemist, whatever it may be, whose right. uh, morals are not really aligned, and they'll grab them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, I do like this scene. Like, 88% pure junk. Best he's ever seen. 
Yeah. Drunk and, of the month club. And as it's diluted, they stand to make millions from yes. like cutting it and stuff. Now the real shipment, the when they busted it, was thirty-two million in narcotics. Okay. So that's that's a fuck ton of and in nineteen sixty-one dollars. Yeah, that that's a lot. So much. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so then we see the subway scene. The subway has not changed yep. at all. Like, I feel like I've definitely been in that exact station. Yeah. Like, the tiling, everything is exactly but the I'll same. But I'll tell you right. what has changed and then changed back is the level of grime and filth. Like, the subway we're seeing in this movie is a hellhole. And we are, in 1971, I think we're at, like, th the beginning of it turning really bad. And I think by the 80s, it got even worse and worse and worse. And then it started, it came back in, like, the late 90s into the 2000s. For most of our adult lives, it was Candyland. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Bloomberg and Giuliani combined administrations really cleaned up the city. Yeah. And now... <laughs> it's right back to shit. It's right back to where yeah. it was. It might as well be the 70s again. I, I go to work in Manhattan and Queens every day. And I can tell you, the city is not what it was when I was a teenager. It no. is, no. it is a scary place these days. Like, could you like our parents let us go there as like teens? Could you imagine just letting yeah. your kid just go to Manhattan now alone? Like, I would have been terrified. Would, I'll tell you what I don't do. I do not feel safe any longer walking around with headphones in. Okay, you need yeah. to be on your guard at all times. You have to hear what's coming up behind yes, you. Yes, you need yeah. to be, ha keep your head on a swivel, and I find that looking angry is a good tactic. If you look pissed off, people don't fuck with you. Well, you always look like that. You think so? I, th I find that I skip through life with my shoes untied most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you do, yeah. but you don't look like I, that. <laughs> I've heard many people say you're light in the loafers. <laughs> So then, all that aside, that's completely not relevant. And then they start getting yeah. to this subway thing with packed subways, right? Yeah. The chase happens. Yeah. And, and I, I've seen Japanese films to know where that's going to go. Not only that, he makes this poor girl, he pushes her <laughs> off the subway. Uh -huh. And then he gets back on. And my note was, now she missed her train. <laughs> like, like, what if she had somewhere to be? Like, her life is altered because a Popeye Doyle decided, no, you know what? I'm pushing you off of this train. <laughs> Doyle is shit. No, he's great, man. He's a garbage detective. How mad? He's a great detective. They wouldn't have... No, he's garbage. How mad would you be, though, if, like, you're on the train, you're trying to get somewhere, like, you got an appointment or something, mm -hmm. and this cop, like, just pushes right. you off as a distraction, and then he gets back on, and you're forced to miss your train. Now, well, no, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, uh... I think it's even worse for the guy he takes the car from, but then we'll get to that. <laughs> in, um, Char Charnay is very much aware he's being followed by this point. Oh, yeah. And he keeps going on and off the train, and, he, and you know there's a little bit of a cat and mouse thing, and he wins. So he, he gets on the train, it leaves, and Popeye's left on the platform, and he waves. He gives him the fuck you wave, mm. which is great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a fuck you. It's so dismissive, yes, too. like, bye-bye. Oh, I, I do have a note. I love the scene when they're both at, like, the little, like, corner stand, and Popeye's, like... The orange like, Julius thing. And he's drinking, like, the juice. Mm -hmm. And in the background, slight, just slightly out of focus, you mm -hmm. see Charnier. Mm -hmm. And, like, the way it's framed where he's there, and, like, it's almost yeah. like you're trying not to look at him. Right, yeah. But he's there. Oh, it's so good from Friedkin. This yeah. is a great scene. This is uh, this is another one of the best scenes. Yeah, the whole train right. sequence. It's such clever, like almost physical comedy. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. So now Charnier has it in for Doyle. 
He's made him. He knows him. And he knows he's on his ass. They go to D.C. for their next meeting. And and we see they're still being watched in D.C., but mm-hmm. they don't know they it. They don't know it. Right. And the, uh, the mafia guys want to postpone this drop-off because mm-hmm. they... They know what's up. They think there's too much heat on them. Yeah, Uh, This is their first rodeo. They they have guys on the force, unlike the French. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they got inside men. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they fly back first class. Yes. And I got to say, the first class there is so much more fucked up than now first class. At least now they have the decency to close it from the peasants. So they don't let, like, the people in coach know what they're missing. In there, they have, like, a see-through thing where you see that they're lounging, they got space, it looks nice. It's a nice advertisement for them. Yeah. Um, it's just a sign that says, you're poor, haha. But he tells the guy, the assassin guy, to take care of Doyle. Well, first they get put off special assignment. Yeah, because by this point they think the case has gone nowhere. They're, they've lost. They're and it's just they, they walk onto an average scene on the BQE, just some dead people, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 What a point. Like, why is that in the movie? Because it's to show the everyday life in the city is fucking brutal. Where they're not, they don't even pay attention. There's two dead teenagers. There's in a, a car, car accident. On it's the a BQA. horrendous BQA. car accident. We've driven over it constantly. Yes, with dead, bloodied, mangled teenagers. teenagers. And they're just, they and don't. No one affected. gives a fuck. They're not yeah. affected by it because they've seen this so many times. That's why they are where they are. Which I think was pretty. They're good. talking about other things. Other things. It was yeah. well done by them. I think it's also they are singular, fo- singularly focused on mm-hmm. one yep. thing. They right. don't care about dead bodies. Yeah. They only want to get. These fucking and, drug dealers. That movie, was very well done. The very movie well is done, so, so. Um, insistent on showing the graphic brutality of the mangled bodies. Mm-hmm. Is that just a 70s thing, or is that deliberately to convey something? I think they're showing... I think a lot of the movie is juxtaposition, right? Mm-hmm. So we just saw the drug dealers in first class. Yes. Then we're seeing them get chewed out, and uh, then the next scene is the mangled dead bodies. Right. And it's just showing that, like, there's a lot of shit going on, and the drug dealers are living well. Who's the the '60s guy who's known for just the absurd violence? Uh, Peckinpah. Oh, Sam Peckinpah. Yeah. Well, what's what's his deal? Uh, is, well, do you think that's a, that's a little bit of that of this in that? No, I think this is more its own thing. Really, I think mm-hmm. Sam Peckinpah is more. And I haven't seen many Peckinpah movies. To be fair, I think this is more. Like, Peckinpah to me is more Tarantino, like, gleeful violence. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the joyous violence, mm-hmm. and this is more, like, realistic, like, violence Did sucks. See the Monty Python sketch? No. Where they do the Sam Peckinpah movie, and there's just gallons of blood <laughs> spraying everywhere, and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I never saw it, but it seems awesome. <laughs> No, I think it, they, that was one of the good things that they did in this film, too, is that it shows your average day is, like, horrific. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is what cops deal with. It's, yeah. it's, it's real, you know, and that I like that they add that in. It was it felt unnecessary. It seems so unnecessary but to it, show it really, that much gore. Yeah, it sends it home to be like, oh, this is your average day in New York City. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, um, so then uh, the next thing that happens after this is a sniper starts taking <laughs> shots at Popeye. Worst sniper possibly in the history His of His first snipers. shot, he kills a, a woman with a baby carriage. Yeah. Takes a shot. Takes a shot. Well, wait, wait, wait. I don't, well, here's what I want to propose to you guys. Uh-huh. How do we know that he was actually aiming at Popeye? Maybe this woman crossed him. him. Maybe he's a time traveler trying to get the baby. Maybe that's like a future Hitler. 
and he's trying to just, you know, take care of business. Maybe Popeye wasn't the target. You guys are judging this I guy's marksmanship deal with so much when reaching. you don't know. You don't know his like mindset. I can only deal with so much reaching. <laughs> that, I can't do those kind of net mental gymnastics. We're not watching Looper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one, Green. But he fires multiple times yeah, trying to kill this. Like, he kills firing. the woman. He was trying to get that baby. <laughs> No, well, the, he, no missed the baby, too. he missed the baby, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this guy just murders a woman in cold blood. Popoy throws himself down. Popoy uh, throws himself down on the ground, and he's <laughs> warning other people to get away. Get away, sniper. Right. He's behind a thin tree. Yes. He's not even covering his whole body, and the sniper still missed him and like four times. He manages to get to run up onto that roof so fast. Yes. And, by the way, they their cardio is insane in this movie. Dude, they're well, they're running all day. <laughs> That's all I, they're doing. It's not just the cardio. I, I think there was some parkour involved, early parkour, yeah. because you don't get down from the roof of a building and catch the guy who, like, if I'm looking down, he was running mm-hmm. away he on the street. He somehow gets down off do the it? top of the building, because yeah. obviously the guy, when he gets up to the top of the building, the guy's gone. He's just the rifle's there. Yeah, we have to explain The yeah. guy is on the ground. He looks down and sees the guy running on the ground. He gets down off that building and still manages to chase him, him down yeah. and see him get up onto the train He platform. must be like a world-class runner. Right. Well, the options are he either took an elevator. I don't think he did no, that. No, he shows him running. I think running. he took the he fire escape. I think or he took a fire, fire escape. Yeah. I was going to say, it's one of those two. Which is still about 13, 14 floors up. It's, sure. It's still going to take you a lot of time to get down. Like, you ain't catching that Yeah, guy. but the other guy's going up, so <laughs> I guess you're going to cross. There's, you know, there's one thing we can learn is the French can't run. That's all. Uh, That's all. <laughs> they were so good at it they in World so War II. <laughs> um, layup, score. <laughs> so he gets on the, sub, on the train. It's above ground uh, subway, you know, up on the platform. And Popeye commandeers a vehicle. This poor man. <laughs> this poor man gets left in the fucking street by himself without it's his cold. car. <laughs> and we get the the famous, famous chase scene. Some have said this is the greatest chase scene in cinema mm-hmm. history. How do you feel it stacks up? So I have another 70s movie starring Roy Scheider that I actually do think is the greatest chase scene in history called The Seven Ups. Have you ever seen that? I have never seen The Seven Ups. The Seven Ups has, in my opinion, the best chase scene. It is insane and over the top and it's great. This one is great because it's kind of real. You know, like the camera angle. They, they must put a camera on the front of the car, like what we're seeing as, the, as he zips around the street. And there's tons of traffic and he's zipping around. And you got those... Um, the train platforms are on the street. So those are that's an obstacle, real, by the too. way. That's oh, yeah. real. Yeah. For people yeah. who don't know, there. that's real. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, my, I'm just going to quickly say this. My childhood neighbor, she was on the train in this scene. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> All right. He, the French guy on the train, kills a cop who's on the train, <laughs> shoots him because he's investigating. He's, you know, he comes up on him. And then he runs up to the front. And he holds hostage the engineer and makes him not stop at any of the platforms. Now, this yeah, would this not is... work today, if I'm correct, because aren't New York City trains mostly automated and it's no. only the doors that open and close? No, there's an engineer. No, there's an engineer. Uh, no. I thought they were all... I th- it I'd... wouldn't have happened because I'm assuming a sniper would have a getaway car. Why is this guy running on foot? It's New York City. You got the best public transit in the world. You don't need a car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it almost I mean, worked. He almost got away. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I do have a little bit of trivia. 
all those times that Popeye Doyle's car is crashed into, mm-hmm. it was not supposed to happen. So the original plan was that the stuntmen were supposed to narrowly miss his car. But any time their timing was off and the car got smashed, they just left it in the movie. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Oh, that's pretty cool. It's it's great visual. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty cool. This is such a cool scene. It's awesome. Yeah. The trains also look the same in the 70s as they do now, at least where we're from. So, yeah. New York City sucks. Well, we live on uh, Staten Island, and we have the the old train sets from the 70s. Yeah. (laughs) The new ones are all in Manhattan. They don't like us. (laughs) Anyway. So now he forces him to not stop at the station. So Popeye thinks he's going to get on in the next station. He's first, He's got to get back in the car and keep going. He chases it and he chases it. And eventually the guy blows through signals, catches up with the train in front of him, and crashes. So the train crashes. Popeye's crashed several times driving there. They're both fucked up and wobbling their way through the now the train platform. And he catches them. And he spins around. The guy spins around to try and run away, and Popeye blows him away in the back. Shoots him right in the back, yes, which was controversial back. at the time. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like they, people were asking about it, and William Friedkin went to um, the real Eddie Egan, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What would you do?" He's like, "I'd shoot him in the back." <laughs> and he's like, "That's why we did it." He basically said, "Like that's what the real guy would do." So I, I wrote a wonderful note. It's such a murder. <laughs> it's just a straight up yeah. murder, but. Uh, the guy, it's not like the guy didn't deserve it, but any cop, you know, the, the, anyone saw that. Oh, dude. Yeah. Egan, Egan goes to jail several times in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, wrote, uh, you caused countless lives and $470,000 worth of damages and killed the guy you needed. Good job, detective. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you catch the ad for the great new invention of 1971 on the subway? I saw it. What is it? It is a coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Steve are like the he great new invention it. of... I love like the old movies, like looking at the yeah. ads and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But now, do you consider that to be a bl- a blunder of a bit? Because the movie, they never explicitly say it, but it should be 1961 if they're really portraying. Yeah, real I think events. they they just are moving up the timeline. So yeah. I don't. They say all the style is 70s. Yeah, they but, say it's mm-hmm. 1971. Mm-hmm. You know, and even the grit in 1960s is way different it, than that of the 70s. Exactly, yeah. New York mm-hmm. 60, 1960s New York is way more like Mad Men, the TV show, where uh-huh. it's like businessmen in suits. It's you the know? beginning of the grime. Exactly. Yeah. It's not It's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's very different. What else? Oh, so then uh, after the... Now the the case is back open, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Case is open after sniping. Uh, we see like a really nice powder blue car. Or am I skipping ahead? Or they're tailing someone, right? It's more chasing. There's more chasing. Are they back on Bo- on Boca? Yeah. Because I, I, I wrote more, period, chasing, period. Well, they're staking out, what's it called? They're this is when he gets the Cadillac. They're staking out yeah. Boca, yeah. And they, they're they watching the car to see what's up. Right. And there's people playing hockey with a can. But I'm pretty sure the powder blue car that Popeye Doyle is in and driving was my grandfather's car when I was a really <laughs> young kid. Because like, he had like an old beater. <laughs> And like I'm, f- and it was metal and shit, and I'm fairly certain like the interior was that exact car. Like, and it brought me back to being like a He's real had little flashbacks. kid. Flashbacks, mm. yeah. So many great things like that in this movie. Oh yeah, it's it, like it's a real time capsule. Um, so they have a, they love a good stakeout in this, obviously. Right. So now they got the, this Cadillac. Boca's driving it, and he dri- he parks it on the street, and I guess they know the cops are watching it, so they do not come. 
to do what they need to no, do. No, I think that the plan was to leave it there and then have the Frenchman come and get it mm-hmm. because the cops weren't going to do anything. What happened was when it when the people came to steal the car, they were able to act and then search the car because now it's like part of a crime. I think I know what was going to happen. It was going to be an abandoned car. It would end up in that lot where they auction off the cars, and that's where they buy it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have his guy, because they had a guy in the auction who was buying the cars for them. I think they, they wanted it to end up in one of those lots so that he it, the car could be bought. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The car, of course, has drugs. They suspect that it has drugs in it. So the car gets left on the street, and they're washing it all night, and then right around 4 in the morning... A car full of Puerto Ricans comes <laughs> and attempt to rob the radio and hubcaps off the car. Which yeah, is, and they uh, immediately drop another yeah. ethnic slur. Yes. <laughs> in, in pure New York fashion. Yes. It, it's a pretty accurate. Yes. This movie is full of, of... There's a couple of wops and dagos thrown around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, everything's, everything's in there. So... They tear apart the car. They, well, they don't get a chance to because the cops swarm them. No, no, no. The, the, the cops, cops tear apart the, the car. car. <laughs> they, the cops take the car, bring it into their impound, and now they rip it apart yeah. looking for stuff. In the Everything. Camp, and they can't yeah. find anything. And they're going nuts. Yes. But the weight's off. That's how they find out that it's something in there. Right. Well, while, before, while the weight's off... The French guy the, shows up. He shows up, and he's like, where's the, my, where's the car? Right. I the, need the my car. The celebrity guy. Yeah. And, you know, he's fighting with the cops about it. Then they discover the weight's off, and they're like, well, I took apart everything but, like, this one thing. And they're like... Why didn't you take that off? Right. Now, this guy's an asshole, right? Yeah. Because if you know there's something left... Then you got to look. Why wouldn't you take right. it off? But it takes Rush Shy to look it in the book and saying it's 100, it's 120 pounds overweight. They just want that eureka moment on film, right? Because... It's a great moment. It is. Mm-hmm. But they want it on the film because, like, I would think if you're stripping every metal thing, why would you leave that yeah. one piece, right? right? It doesn't make sense. And sure enough, in the, like, foot... Rack? What is it? Rocker panels. The rocker panels. Rocker what panels. is a rocker panel? You're looking at me like I know. I have no idea what that <laughs> is. I'm assuming it's just like a little track that like I think it's just like a stepping thing. Because these cars are yeah. like boats back then. They're gigantic. <laughs> I don't know how anybody found a parking space. Because it's hard enough now. But when the cars are the size of trucks. There wasn't that many cars on the road. That's why so many of them got stolen. Mm. <laughs> As opposed to now, where there's cars everywhere, there probably wasn't. I think there were still cars everywhere. Yeah, but it just wasn't as it wasn't as dense. I would assume there's less people. Certainly, yeah. So yeah, it's full of heroin. The heroin has been hidden in the floorboards. But then they get the car back together in immaculate. They put it back together in amazing time. Really quick. I don't understand how. (laughs) Meanwhile, we see like a montage, yeah. yeah, of them ripping the carpets up and cutting wires and pulling the engine out. But I guess they know what they were doing. Everything's being cataloged, too. Uh, that's pointed out. Yeah, but how can they... Because the guy's at the stand. Like, he's, like, talking in the mm-hmm. lot with the cop. I think I think we're supposed to assume a couple of hours. There was a lot of time passed. Okay. Because he said he went to one police station, and then they sent him to another place, then they sent him to another place. So they they were sending him all over the city they to give him shit for some time. Yeah. But because of the cutting, the way they're cutting it, it makes it yeah. seem like real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is you one know? of those things that I, I, that's another thing. I don't like that, that execution. Yeah. Uh, so they get the car back together. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm surprised the cops didn't just take the heroin and give it to the black community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crack. Oh, oh yeah. So <laughs> my was, mistake. And it was a CIA. <laughs> <laughs> so then they let them go with the heroin. Yes. 
and they let them do what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And now it's done. They got them. All, all it is is let the deal go down, and then we swarm them. So that's exactly what happens. We have this final scene on Ward's Island where they follow the car. What? <laughs> the, the, the scene on the island. It's just... Oh, go, continue, continue. So the, the, the deal goes down. Everybody's happy. And as they go over the bridge to get back, I was on that bridge the other day, by Were the way. You? Yes. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right after I watched the movie, I was like, ah, oh. oh, there it is. <laughs> as they go back, the cops are waiting for them. And Popeye Doyle looks at uh, Sharnier. And he gives him the And he gives him the fuck you wave right back. <laughs> and it's so good. It's such a good moment. Right. And then they have this, this awesome shootout. How do you not like this movie? It's so cool. I was like, as we're talking about it, I'm it's like, just, this was great. It's just not. <laughs> it's not my my cup of tea. Uh, I just, all I gotta say is, you know, there's criminals everywhere. There's a shootout happening. By the way, none of this happened in real life. No, it was just like a routine arrest. <laughs> there's not like there was no assassins. None of that, right? Yeah. There was no car chase. Yeah. Egan Dan just kill a fed. It was right. like, hey, I think they're about to deal drugs. All right, arrest them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Gene's character just goes, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going in alone. He's going in. He wants frog By one. himself. <laughs> no backup. Because there, it's not like there's, you know, criminals with guns everywhere or that your, you know, your teammates need help, your mm -hmm. coworkers. No, he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go oh, and risk, certainly doesn't risk care about this his whole teammates. thing. <laughs> what a shitty detective. Well, he had his spinach. He was going in. He knows he's not getting hurt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Fucking Popeye. Yeah. But Roy Scheider, like, how did Roy, like, because he goes into a room and then Roy Scheider comes out of Comes up behind him. Yeah. I thought he came from the side. No, uh, it's from the side. Yeah, they yeah. just got in through a different entrance. Right. Obviously, yeah. there's more than one entrance because we know what happens. Yeah, true. Um, why don't you just tell him, like, hey, wait up. Let's go in together just because, like, wouldn't that be smart? Papa Doyle hasn't got time for that shit. <laughs> yeah, Papa, yeah, yeah he's, he's just on a mission to fuck up as much as he humanly can. But he shoots a fed. And well, then the fed, like <laughs> the fed comes out of a room. And he's in the dark. And he's got a gun. And he doesn't announce himself. And Popeye blows him away. Mulberg. That scene actually shows why Popeye's a shitty detective, too, on purpose. How, like, I don't know how he didn't go to jail for this. Because he's just killed a federal. Yeah. Grasso saw him do it. Obviously, Grasso's not going to rat him out. So, yeah, I guess they just covered it up. Well, yeah, the French guy got Grasso. him. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. In that scene, Grasso is actually taking cover and checking. Taking cover and checking. Taking cover and checking. While Popeye... He doesn't have a bloodlust. ...is... Gun forward, right? Marching in he's the open. He's already murdered a man by shooting him in the back. He doesn't yep. care. He doesn't care. At this point, he's like, "I need to kill more people." While the other guy's actually trying to do his job. How did Eddie Egan allow this? He's watching the whole movie. He's in the fucking movie. Eddie yep. Egan loves this. He don't care. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I look like a badass. <laughs> all like this does detective. is build his legend. Yeah, I guess so. That's all this does. Uh. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah, sure, make me a blood lusty killer. I don't care. I'm banging chicks and kicking ass. This is awesome. <laughs> and you know what? I bet it worked out for him in the end. Oh, yeah. Well, you got more acting roles and stuff, mm. you know? And so you want to say what happens well, at the end? Well, everyone gets arrested. We get to see their sentences and such, except for the main guy. Charnier. Who gets away. He just vanishes. Yep. They, nobody could find. They, they mm -hmm. assumed he was living in France or something. I would give a guarantee he was probably killed when, uh, on his arrival. Uh, maybe. Um, Almost. Get, he lost so much money in heroin. I guarantee you, a lot of people there want him dead. So I, I have some information. Okay. And wait, one other thing before you give the information. In real life, after the case, just like in the movie, Popeye Doyle and Sonny were split up. Yeah. They were split up and right. like reassigned. 
But I, I've seen interviews with with the guy Grasso, and he loves. Eddie. He loves it. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like they had a problem with each no, other. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it was like this like, is like the greatest cop of all time. It was like the officers. Like it was the just regular transitions. It was, it was upper people basically yeah. splitting them up because they're like this is utter chaos mm-hmm. when these two are together. <laughs> they arrested nine thousand people. We can't keep doing this. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so I have some sentences here. Okay. We got the Fuca brothers. That's uh, Sal Boca and oh. his brother, the, the garbage man. Uh, Fuca you, right? <laughs> yes, they were Japanese <laughs> yes. twins. Um, and Fuca me. <laughs> Straight, isn't that Austin Powers 3? <laughs> 3, yes. The good one. Um, <laughs> the good one. They were both uh, sentenced to 7 to 15 years, and, uh, and they got out after, like, they didn't serve full sentences. Angelvin, that's the documentary guy, he got three years. Another guy got 22. That was Francois-Paul Scaglia. I don't know who he was, but irrelevant. The guy Jehan, who is Chardonnay, they say he fled to Montreal and then back to Paris, reportedly with $500,000 from the Fucas. So he made off with some money. So he did well ah. for himself. Yes. And he had been spotted around Europe for years after this, but he was already an older man, and uh, we can assume he died not long after all So, this some new information. Wow. Oh, new info. Uh, Jihan was a member of the French Resistance during Nazi occupation, mm-hmm. and due to that, French law enforcement looked the other way, apparently. Wow. Wow. Friedkin was told <clears throat> that this dude basically died of old age at his home mm-hmm. in Corsica. So they just were like, he's a hero. Fuck it. Let him sell let age. Him, let him sm- hey, you know smuggle what? heroin. He's selling age not in France. It's not bothering them. They don't them. care, yeah. yeah. And they have non-extradition laws and stuff. They like, do, yeah. Ask Roman Polanski. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the movie. Mm. I, I'm very surprised at you, Stephen. So, I thought this was going to be a big hit. So real, Listen, real I, I, yeah. I do have a question. Where are they getting? Because obviously the heroin isn't grown in France. Mm-hmm. So are they getting it from like Vietnam and those French territories at the time? That's a great question. I couldn't tell you. You know, it's not in the movie. That's for sure. There's, there's got to be some kind of shipping empire. You know. Apparently, from what I'm seeing, they got most of their heroin from Indochina and Turkey. And they would bring it into uh, mm-hmm. Marseille. That's what Midnight Express is about, right? Via the Mediterranean Sea. I never saw it, hmm. but basically, it was uh, that's how they were getting the heroin and then getting it to America. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, interesting note: Popeye's chicken is named after Popeye Doyle. Did you know this? No. It is nope. not named after the cartoon character, which I thought it was. Did you? I no. I just assumed they had like an owner or something. Named Popeye. No, it is named after Popeye Doyle. The creator was a fan of the movie and the character of Popeye Doyle. And he said, you know what is a great name for my restaurant? Mm. A racist, <laughs> bloodlusty cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Have you seen the sequel? No, you told me it was bad and it's all fake. It's not bad, but it is... Um it's all bullshit. It's all fiction, yeah. It's, none of it is, is based on any kind of reality, but it is about Popeye Doyle going to France... And he gets captured by the drug dealers and injected with heroin and becomes a junkie. Really? Yeah, and he has to, like, fight that while he fights the French mafia. 
It sounds weird. I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I, rem- I, w- I saw it one time. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> sounds so obscure. Like, why would you do that? What? Why would you make a make sequel? a second one? Because it was yeah. a giant hit. Real. Yeah, it was yeah. and people wanted to know like how how they let him get away. You know, they yeah. he, they had to bring Shawnee to justice. Yeah, it, it's a very late sixties, early seventies ending. It's mm-hmm. a downer. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't leave feeling good. There's no big like celebratory moment. This is post Bonnie and Clyde, right? Because that's kind of like the watershed moment for those types of movies. I consider Easy Rider personally mm-hmm. like that's when that shit's really like kicking off, where right. everything is dark and bleak. Do you yeah. like this era in general? I don't dislike it. I, I like every era of film, you mm-hmm. know? Everything has its, its point. Every, everything mm-hmm. is like when you take it in context, you can enjoy it. And Rocky is the, the movie that kind of put all this to bed, right? Rocky like opens the door and mm-hmm. then Star Wars just blows it up. Ah, I where see. it's like you leave feeling good after Rocky. Mm-hmm. Even though he loses. Even But it's a moral victory, mm-hmm. you know? And then Star Wars is just... You know, big celebratory special effects extravaganza. Right. You leave feeling great, and then they're like, "Hey, let's like have people leave happy." And then you know, the next you know thirty, forty years of American cinema is feel good. Trying to recapture that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you like uh, Stephen? Any any of the uh, old school fucking dirty New York movies? Because there's a lot of them. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, like I like the Warriors. Oh, I love the Warriors. You know, like that's like right. I, I like that. Better and that than one, this. that was a little more cartoony, you know I mean? obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, do you like Taxi Driver? I love Taxi Driver. Yeah, I love Taxi Driver. Uh, I do like those gritty movies. There's mm-hmm. just something about this movie that was not very captivating, and I just think it was a lot of the execution. And it might just be because I'm spoiled, but I like those two that I just mentioned: the Warriors and mm-hmm. you know Taxi Driver that you said. They have a quality to them granted they probably had bigger budgets but th- there was a quality to them that did. didn't give me a lot of distraction where i was like oh come on really this had a lot of that and for something that won like best picture i expected it to be a little bit more I put def- together i de- you haven't said anything about it dragging and i definitely would agree with you that it does do that if you if oh you were- yeah, i mean like i said there's a lot of establishment shots mm-hmm. there's a lot of chase scenes the the this the stakeouts alone, you only need less than 20 to 10 to 20 seconds of, a, of them waiting in a stakeout to understand they're on a stakeout for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't need three to five minutes of them waiting in a car feeling right. nothing. I get why the why you would do it as a director. I to think like, that, that's We want to put you in the car with them. Right. That's freaking documentary sensibility. Yes, I get it. But in my films, like I like watching documentaries and I like watching films. Mm-hmm. This film had all, so much of that where it was like, okay. I, I really don't need this. I really mm-hmm. don't need this. And then on, to to pair it with just the the weird, not really good soundtrack, the the, the bad sound effects. There's a part that really bothered me in the beginning, right what? in the beginning, when he's the Santa, mm-hmm. and he's outside and he's 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 not even given any presents. What's up with the Santa? Not giving any presents. So you, go, you know. <laughs> um, but then they cut to show you what he's looking at, and he's looking at people in a bar. And they play the audio that's in the bar, even though he's looking from outside. And he obviously and then when it cuts, never hear that. When it cuts back to him, it's almost like he knows it, like, like what music's being played. Right. But when it cuts back to him, the music stops. And the music doesn't play again until somebody walks into the bar. Which means, like, either the doors are wide open and it's playing outside, and you, you, but, like, the, the audio didn't match. Uh-huh. And it was just like, 
wow, that is really for for a best picture, especially something that was up for best sound editing. Like that was a amateur mistake. Mm-hmm. Like amateur, even for that time. Like that didn't happen. I think um, this movie more than probably any other movie I've ever seen puts a emphasis on the importance of the cop hunch. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't think that's something that happens nearly as much as it used to in police work, especially now with forensics and things like that. Yeah. But um, it's just a, a snapshot of a, a time that's long gone, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely I appreciate the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also appreciate the fact that they fumbled over the finish line. Because yeah. at, there was at no point where they completely in control of the situation. They kind of just got lucky most of the time. They're flying by the seat of their pants and got lucky. Yeah. There's yeah. so much luck. Which is great. I love that. It's just when it's when it, it, there's so much that could have been done better to really make this like incredible level for me mm-hmm. and it just wasn't there and i feel like if you're going to go that route that's what i want to see but that might just be my my modern sensibility sensibility and, and me being spoiled with like like a and a tier you don't you give know? a shit that it's not a happy ending right no i actually like sad endings right <laughs> <laughs> i I, uh, I think they're more realistic this is a very realistic ending mm-hmm. but i i also felt like G, like uh uh, Popeye, excuse me, his bloodlust wasn't believable. It mm. really wasn't. Well, they did shoot at they him. They did try right? to kill him. So I mean, that that'll piss you off. But right. the French guy didn't. But he wants. He's him. with he him. Wants him. He wants you know? him. But he wants. That's that his white whale. I get it. I get it. I guess the white whale. It just it, it wasn't believable for a seasoned cop. Mm. This is this isn't an amateur cop. You have thousands of arrests. It's a different era, though. You know, it's not uncommon right. for these a cop are, then to be like right. this. Of course, yeah, right. I, I get it. Yeah, I think these are cops that are performing. Like, obviously, cops getting brawls and stuff now, but these guys are every single day are forced to deal with massive violence, mm. and uh, whether they're dealing it out or it's being dealt out to them, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that mindset is going to color anybody's reaction to situations, you know? Oh, agreed. I, I, it's not surprising, like, the end. It's just, for 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 me, if there's somebody that has 7,000 arrests, at some point, they're probably dealing with shit like this, getting, maybe not getting shot at by a sniper rifle, mm-hmm. but they're getting shot at. They it, Right in the beginning, they almost got stabbed. Yes, and they didn't kill that guy. Right. So, like, what would have been more better, at least better for their character, if they killed that guy and then were a little dirty and got away with it, then I would have been like, okay. But then how do we follow them as heroes, you know? Because... We can't. Right. And it's also not what happened. But they but they weren't really heroes throughout the whole thing, right? They they fumbled. They... They, well, you're they not broke a- the rules in a way that you as an audience member could reconcile with yeah yeah you know but that's what i mean by Would like you agree with that brain it's they, you know so they're like you want your protagonist it's not you want your protagonist to fail the entire movie when you're writing a good movie you don't want your protagonist to succeed at anything until the very end basically mm-hmm. like that's one way to tell a story but like necessarily. it's uh, it's generally the way to build like a cat like an arc for you know a hero that people root for mm-hmm. like look at luke he fucking fails the entire movie yeah. until he literally does one thing at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's just how you build a character that people relate to easily. So I think that this does that. Like, they they really, even at the end, they don't completely succeed. But you respect the effort that they go through to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. 
and they're unethical, but you're rooting for them because they're stopping, you know, something worse, something bad, right. you know? They're they're kind of anti-heroes almost. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And one aspect of that none of us really brought up is... Until now. Until now, is know. how good the relationship is between the two characters on the film. And that's part of the reason it works. You totally buy their friendship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Popeye is the maniac, you know, maybe, maybe that's the wrong word, but he's the kind of... He's the loose cannon. He's the loose cannon where Grasso keeps him on a leash a little bit. Yes. I, I should say Roy Scheider and... So I know, I know who you. Cloudy, mean. yeah. They, he's he's like, he vouches for him almost in every mm -hmm. situation, and that you could tell they they love and respect each other. Yes, and they, the movie is funnier than like people think. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of humor in here yes. actually, which is like when it's when people say like dark and gritty, dark and gritty. It's like life, even like when it's as dark and gritty, it still has like moments of humor. Right. Well, guys, like this. Whenever yeah. guys are hanging out or around, they're gonna make jokes. Yeah, that's just how it is. Oh, and uh, I should bring this up. Brian has a doodle for the French Connection. Ah. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's been listening to the show a while know Brian makes a doodle for his notes on every episode. <laughs> and today we have the car chase scene. He's made railroad track uh, stick figures with a the worst drawn motor vehicle I've ever seen underneath <laughs> it. And we'll post those on our Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, we didn't say it last episode. We missed it. Yes. So would you like to say what it was for last Brian time? Brian has drawn the Japanese imperial flag and a couple of little samurai guys that are dead. Some and of them are one dead, of them is alive. <laughs> one of them is alive with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody have any other final thoughts? What would you rate this movie, gentlemen? Uh, Out of ten, for, Steven. For me, it's a five. This is a, this is a solid five. I got to go eight. I love this movie. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. I really liked it. Yeah. That's a good goal. That's a yeah. good. I, I respect that. Good movie. I like it. I would definitely So you watch gave it, it a five. So it's not necessarily a, f well, I guess it is a, f what's, a, what's passing? Six? 6.5, right? Yeah. 6.5 is like a, a passable good score. But it's not the I worst have, thing you've ever no, seen. No, I enjoyed the story. Mm -hmm. like, like I said, it's just certain execution and certain details that they did. In the, in the film I just didn't like that's all okay alright so I think that does it for this episode mm -hmm. yeah I uh, want to give a big thank you again to tell them Steve, Dave and the guys for letting us record down in uh, TSD Town Studios down in Hazlitt, New Jersey come on down visit visit get him who I have to thank as well for you know he sets our mics up for us every episode he's the fucking best he's the man yep uh, come on down visit the general store say hi to get him buy some merch yeah it's a great spot highly recommend it get a tour see what's going down follow us on social media follow us ah. on thank you uh, send an email to the podcast uh, reviewing history pod at gmail.com you could also follow reviewing history Instagram, on tw Twitter, Instagram Facebook. Twitter Facebook all that stuff you can follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Rupert you can also check out uh, our letterboxed we all have ranked the various movies we've watched uh, I write a review for every single movie I watch so you could get my thoughts on any movie I've seen within the past couple of years uh, it's just something fun I do check it out there um, Brian Rupert on there we'll post a link in the show notes and we will see you next time thank you bye bye, bye.
Amen.